raise your voice because it matters build action because it counts and bring everyone together with you because that's how change happens Hi everyone I'm Natalie Alexander and welcome to the next page the podcast of the UN Library and Archives Geneva designed to advance the conversation on multilateralism It's been a little while since I've been here behind the microphone. We've been busy building a team of hosts at the next page, and we hope you've been enjoying these different conversations. I am glad to be back though, and this month we're turning the podcast colors green in support of COP26. We have a few episodes planned that are really dedicated to conversations on climate and the environment. And today we have an episode that's part of our Knowledge Rising series, which is really aimed at speaking with young activists and change makers on the global issues they're passionate about. Today we invite you to think about what water means to you. As you go about your day turning on the tap, opening an umbrella perhaps on a rainy day, or drinking a glass of water when thirsty, how does our relationship to water impact our communities and our future? In this episode we speak to Gavita Gulhati who this year is part of the Forbes 30 under 30 Asia cohort. In 2015 she founded Why Waste with the aim of changing people's mindsets towards water after experiencing the devastating impact of water shortage in her own community in India. Today Why Waste is India's largest youth-led organization working towards the conservation of water. She shares this story and also her opinion and hopes for multilateralism as she works as one of 17 youth climate leaders representing the UN in India as part of their We the Change campaign. Let's take a listen. Gavita, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Natalie. I'm extremely excited to be here. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? How did you come to create Why Waste? Yes, absolutely. I think I'd love to start with a story, and this was something uh, this was an experience that moved me deeply. So, a couple of years ago, I was taking a trip to Ahmedabad, which is a city in the state of Gujarat in India, uh, with my family, and we were visiting one of the oldest step wells in India and the architecture was absolutely phenomenal and to think that you know there was a structure that was capable and to see you know such phenomenal engineering uh, when it came to collecting water but you know not being consumed was you know for me interesting exciting but at the same time baffling because i wondered why we weren't using it and in the process over there there was this little girl who was following me all around you know as we were walking she was short like the frail and wearing you know nearly tattered clothes and i was very very you know intrigued by her and the fact that she was you know always around me and and there was this one point where she came up to me and she tugged my t-shirt and i thought perhaps she might ask for some money but instead she asked for the water in my hand and i had a little a few sips of water left in the bottle and i handed it to her and just to see how her eyes lit up after she drank it for me was very moving 
so I, I from there I sort of went back home, started reading more about you know issues, the water crisis, about farmers who were taking their lives due to lack of access to water, um, and women and girls who were walking miles just to get a glass of water that you know we often get without even moving a finger, and and all of these all of this information for me became very overwhelming, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to start, and that's when I came across this piece of information that said 14 million liters of water gets wasted every year simply in the water that we leave behind. Hind and glasses at restaurants, and it immediately reminded me of that little girl for whom just a few sips of water meant the world, and where we leave it without even thinking, um, without um, you know, for even a second pondering on on perhaps why we're wasting this water. And so for me, just you know, those two events connecting in my head. Absolutely moved me to my core and compelled me to found Why Waste. Um, Why Waste is a completely youth-led nonprofit that aims at changing the mindsets of people towards water. We want to help them optimize the usage and prevent the wastage of water, and help every single person be a part of the solution when it comes to conserving water. Um, we started our work with um, restaurants, with you know reaching out to them and helping them find ways in which they can conserve water. Of course, there were many hurdles to actually getting our uh, solutions implemented. Uh, something we can come to, and how we actually made it happen. All that, all that went behind. And today we continue to build various solutions. Like, for example, we've written a book called the Sustainability Stories that inspires kids to be the change while learning about sustainable issues. And also developed a mobile application that helps you calculate your water footprint and then learn simple ways in which you can save water. And so, really, the goal of what we're trying to do here is help every person be a part of the solution when it comes to water conservation and make each and every person realize that they can contribute. To making a difference when it comes to preventing perhaps what could be a third world war on water. Amazing! That's an incredible story. So something so kind of close to you in terms of an experience that launched you into creating Why Waste. Well, I would definitely love to hear more about Why Waste in just a moment. As we began, I really wanted to ask you, and、um, as we come to this conversation on water. If there were a few words that you could describe to you know signify what water means to you, what would they be? I think for me, water is life. Water is called the universal elixir of life, and that is what it is. It's it's what brings smiles to faces. It, it's how you start your day. It's, it's what you know. Helps you quench a parched throat. It's what helps create every single thing around us today. It's it's a part of every being. We are ourselves seventy percent water, and so、um, for me, water is life. And and there is really、uh, nothing I believe that you can do without water. And honestly, if you do ponder,、um, you know, close your eyes for a second and really think of your day and try to imagine even one day that you lived without water. You can live a day with. Without fossil fuels, you can live a day without electricity, but you cannot live a day without water, and that's just how powerful it is as a resource.、Mm, incredible. So, I mean, I would, I'd also invite our audience to think about, you know, this question: What does water mean to you? Kind of like Gavita said, you know, closing your eyes to think about all the ways that water impacts our, our daily lives as we as we continue this conversation. So, thank you for that. Let's move back to, to why waste, and you've already kind of explained its mission. It's a youth-led team, and you. You've explained a few of it of the examples of, of what you do. Can you kind of take us through the journey? So you began in 2015. How did it go in terms of setting up your organization and, and kind of getting people on board to to change mindsets and, and conserve water? 
Yeah, I think we started out as perhaps a campaign and I don't know when we became an organization, but I think that's the beauty of, you know, doing something when you're just deeply passionate about it. <laughs> and when we, you know, started out, it was very, very simple, just trying to visit restaurants and convincing them to save water, helping them learn different ways in which they can conserve water um, and adapting different methods to prevent that water that was being left behind in the glasses from being wasted. So really it started out with us you know, visiting restaurants with these solutions, but unfortunately a lot of you know, them did not want to take advice from teenagers. And in, in a few uh, ways also, our solutions didn't fully comply with them Them belonging to the his hospitality industry, which was for us a great learning because we realized that it was important for us to empathize with the, you know, current situation and with the system that we were trying to change, which was the restaurant system. So uh, sort of took a step back from there. And while we were suggesting solutions like, why don't you keep a jug on the table or ask customers when they want water, we realized that a lot of these solutions were things that these restaurants couldn't comply with because they were the hospitality industry. And so, like I mentioned, took a step back. I would have, you know, as a research project, you could say perhaps visited over a hundred restaurants myself over the weekend after my classes in the time that I got free, um, tried to understand that ecosystem more deeply, tried to understand the root cause of this problem. Why is it really happening? And that's when I discovered that in the 1800s, there was a rule that came out that said every restaurant needs to give its passerbys free restroom and water. Uh, restroom services and water and, and I really realized that it was that sm one simple policy that translated into something that was hospitality something that restaurants were being graded at so there needed to be a solution that sort of helped the entire ecosystem or that that every single entity in this system was if, if that it was conducive to everyone so we had the restauranters we had the managers the waiters the customers and of course the goals that we as an organization had set up and that's when I came up after a lot of trial and error with the idea glass half full. So glass half full is a very simple concept where you fill your glass only half instead of filling it full. That way you take just as much water as you need. You don't waste. And eventually you are compelled to realize that it and you're compared to look at water with a positive perspective because you're looking at the glass half full, positive and optimistic. And this sort of became a very exciting movement in restaurants across our community. But then I realized that this needed to be taken to restaurants across the country. And if I, as an individual or even we as a team, tried to visit every restaurant in India, we might not be able to bring this to life in our lifetimes. And there had to be an easier way to reach all of them. And that's when I identified the National Restaurants Association of India and decided to write a petition to them because they represented 5 lakh restaurants across the country. Petition to them for over a year, I would have, you know, written to them hundreds of emails, made so many calls. Our, our petition had almost 20,000 signatures. And I think every person I spoke to over that entire year, I asked them if they knew someone at the NREI so that we could reach out to them and really make bring this to life with you know restaurants across the country and and after about a year of trying to reach out to them and convincing them to take this forward they finally agreed and on world water day in 2019 uh, we launched 
um, the glass half full movement across rest- in restaurants across the country, which had, which was able to prevent over 10 million liters of water from being wasted and reached over six million people. So that was really the story of glass half full, which you know honestly today is living a life of its own. Even now, I get calls from organization entities, corporations, government, schools from across the country and even the world um, who are adapting glass half full in their own way, in their own ecosystems and um, conducive to their environments, which is so exciting to see because it's become an idea that belongs to the people and that everyone can relate to and that everyone has realized that they too can pioneer. And I think that while while a lot of people in the initial days have told me you should perhaps patent your idea, I think for me, what held me back was to realize that ideas of change are successful only when they belong to the world. And that's why it's just an absolute, it's extremely humbling and an absolute pl- pleasure to see Glass Half Full today living a life of its own. And that's, that's you know, sort of the story of the Glass Half Full. And I think one of the biggest impacts that we saw it have was not just in restaurants, but also people going back home and telling us that it's not just in restaurants that we were seeing water positively or at the conservation level, but in every activity that we were doing in our homes, we started looking at how much water we were consuming and trying to see if there was a way we could perhaps, you know, save it or prevent it from being wasted. And I think that was one of the biggest successes of the movement. And then, of course, from there, it started being adopted in various countries and you know, various cities by different people. But unfortunately, when the pandemic hit, we had to pause a lot of our operations in restaurants. And that's when we pivoted to writing the book and creating a mobile application. The book, we like to call it as a series of new age fables. These are completely designed for kids and are built from the idea that, you know, mindsets, our mindsets are shaped when we are young. So if we start learning about problems and believing that we can be the change, we will be the change. And these books, we published them um, and they are available for free online to anyone. And we published them in partnership with Pratham, which is the largest non-profit book publisher in India and are even in fact working with UNICEF to convert these into video format, which is a very exciting project. And we all, in fact, already have a video out and we are out with them and we're bringing some more in. And apart from that, of course, also designed the app. So a little bit about the app and why we created it. In the year 2017, uh, Cape Town almost ran out of water. And if you recollect, if everyone recollects, in fact, there was a lot of news on Cape Town hitting day zero. And at the same time, my own home city, Bangalore, was about to hit day zero, was said to be the next city in the world to hit day zero. And that completely shocked me to my core because I have grown up here. And to even see a city that is almost going to run out of water, it moved me to my core and I wanted to do something about it. Uh, So I very, very closely followed the Cape Town story. And while a lot of us know that Cape Town was going to hit day, day zero, what a lot of us don't know is that Cape Town actually didn't hit day zero. Uh, they saved themselves from the crisis by collective action of the citizens and of every single person coming together from, you know, the people to the authorities, really rationing their water consumption, calculating how much water they were consuming and just using as much as they needed. And that really is the inspiration behind the app. 
which allows you to which helps you calculate your water footprint and then helps you adopt simple ways in which you can save water so it really stems from the idea that we want every single person to be a part of the solution have the solution in their hands and realize that they can to make a difference if they choose to wow. so this is you know what we have been up to for the past few years <laughs> it's incredible and i think it's also amazing the evolution of why waste so you began kind of talking to restaurants and then kind of going nationally with the association then as the pandemic hit you thought okay what are other ways we can engage people and make it part of their daily lives that the, the change is up to them and and so i would love to be able to share the the book link and the app link in the show notes so so um our listeners can also check those out but that's really amazing to see that that evolution and you you talk already kind of about water globally through through the stories also of in South Africa and so i guess that brings us to kind of our next part in the conversation which is kind of it's the world's water that we're talking about so why waste began in india but it's now active in in several countries like you mentioned and so i guess that also begs to mind the fact that drought lack of access to to potable water sanitation it's really it does no no borders um and i'll just read out a few statistics now from the united nations approximately 2.2 billion people are living without safe access to water and 3 billion people especially in rural areas and least developed countries lack basic hand washing facilities at home even more by 2040 one in four of the world's children under 18 some 600 million will be living in areas of extremely high water stress so i wanted to ask you as a young person today knowing the situation not just in your own country but um across the world when we look at access to water how are we going to really tackle these huge barriers to access what do you think really needs to happen thank you for sharing natalie those very very important statistics i think it's it's so so vital for people to realize the situation which millions across the globe are actually currently living in and facing i think we're often just absolutely unaware of the fact that there are so many people who are today living in a dire water crisis in fact if we think about it these all of these people who you just spoke about were living in a water crisis through the pandemic um and living without water in a global health crisis you cannot be perhaps in a worse situation because water helps you maintain the most basic hygiene and while so many of us online were talking about washing your hands for 20 seconds we didn't realize the amount of water that was just flowing by and there were so many of those who didn't even have access to wash their hands um once a day and so one first realizing the issues around us is vital and thank you for bringing that to light i think the one thing that each of us as individuals can perhaps you know look at is the fact that a lot of people don't even know that they are a part of the problem a lot of people don't even know that they are consuming more water than they need so you know a very simple but moving experience that i'd had a couple of years ago so i was selected for this program called the global change makers which i'm sure you would have heard about it's it's based out of switzerland and we were about 60 change makers from across the world who were invited for a week long training program in this very beautiful village outside of zurich called arau and but i had one very interesting and intriguing experience Um, so I conducted something called a water table 
each of us, all six change makers, were allowed to sort of host something interesting and talk about the issues that they were tackling. So what I hosted was something called a water table and, and had a bunch of folks from various countries. And what I did was got everyone to reflect on their day. So I simply write down how much water they thought they were consuming on a daily basis. And very interestingly, I had one young girl from Cape Town who had just been through, you know, the dire water crisis. And I had a girl from Switzerland who in a lot of ways, didn't even know how much water she was consuming. Um, and, and for me, it was very interesting to see how so many people, while who, who, who are, you know, keen to be conscious, who are aware, are still unaware of simple things like how much water is being consumed by them on a daily basis, because um, these are through processes that we didn't even know were consuming water. So something like, flushing your toilet once actually consumes 15 liters of water just one single flush every time you shower for just five minutes you're consuming 80 liters of water and and these while you know you perhaps want to you know be able to save this water you don't even know that you're consuming it um and so i think the first step is really helping people realize that they are consuming water is is you know perhaps key to helping them learn different ways in which they can save water i think when it comes to uh, bringing together policy and people i think the first step that we as individuals can perhaps take is to reduce our consumption aggressively uh, there is clearly cape town has shown us that there is this possibility that we survive only on 50 liters of water per day while an average human being actually consumes over 450 liters of water on a daily basis so realizing ways in which we can reduce our water consumption can be the first step and i'm not even talking about reusing and recycling because perhaps these two processes still take up energy to produce and reform cutting energy demands by using less of it is a highly effective step on this path. And in fact, for, you know, our basic needs, we must pressurize policymakers to help make renewable energy and sustainable resources more easily available in our daily lives by choosing these options for ourselves. So for example, if we were choosing processes and if we were choosing, you know, conducive methods for us, that, that naturally compelled us to consume lesser water, we would, you know, uh, be contributing in a very large way to also compelling governments to create policy and compelling businesses to change their strategies. So a very simple example for this would be, I'm not sure if many people know this, but before I, before you perhaps, you know, continue listening to the podcast, but perhaps pause it once I ask this question. Um, how much water do you think is consumed in manufacturing a pair of jeans? Maybe Natalie, you can give it a go. Repairing jeans. Mm, I would have no idea. Not- like a lot? <laughs> like a lot, I'm guessing. Just to put a number to it, 2,000 litres of water is consumed just to manufacture a single pair of jeans. Okay. And in, in a world of, you know, fast fashion, mm. this, this is only increasing our resource consumption. Uh, to, you know, create a single hamburger, perhaps we consume over 700 to 800 litres of water. To manufacture one car, we consume 30,000 litres of water. And there's so many cases 
of hidden water consumption in the world around us. And it just really goes back to the point that I mentioned earlier, where so many of us don't even know that we're consuming water in so many different ways. If we were, you know, compelled to change our consumption, we would, in an indirect sense, make governments and corporations also pivot and create policy and recreate businesses that can perhaps help impact change. And I think uh, the second, you know, very, very powerful way to reach at the most grassroots level would be to empower individuals in the remotest of regions by giving them the capability uh, to mitigate these issues within their communities because um, local people understand local problems the best. Mm -hmm. And no matter how many external folks come in there is something unique to every geography to every region and to every community and so by simply providing capabilities to these people perhaps even if it's in the form of a small loan you know for example to build access to their own wells and gain access to water can actually stop or or save so many man hours in terms of the women who were walking miles just to get, you know, a glass of water and give them the capability to become economically independent. And and so there's a lot of these exciting solutions that, you know, are yet to be explored and are yet to be uh, created with perhaps newer, you know, entities that are coming into place like financial institutions, etc. But there is, there is a lot of exciting, you know, ideas and ways in which we can help every citizen become a part of change while also taking these ideas to the most grassroots of levels. Thank you. I, I fully do agree with you. There's just so many, I guess, ideas out there for us to make change. And so thank you so much for, for mentioning also kind of the grassroots contributions I think we can make to, to policy change, because I think that's something we, we don't think about on a daily basis, how much we do have the power to spark change. And this kind of brings me, I guess, to the next question I wanted to ask you. So I'm glad you brought up kind of this more interdisciplinary approach. When we're talking about, you know, gender, we're talking about climate change and natural disasters, talking about how fast fashion contributes to water consumption, food production. It's an incredibly, I guess, complex issue in terms of, of um, you know, intersectionality of, of water. And then, you know, when we look, about, look at grassroots kind of community-level initiatives, this is where I think maybe we could explore kind of multi-stakeholder, multi-disciplinary you know, approaches to, to our water in multilateralism. So I wanted to ask you about that. What do you think is the role of communities, of youth, young people like, like yourself, who are kind of leading us into the future? What is your role in multilateralism or what do you think you would like your role to be in order to be able to meet the challenges of, of water conservation in our future? I think you brought up a very, very exciting sort of an intriguing piece of um, climate change. And, you know, just to start with the water narrative, and I don't know if a lot of people have heard this quote, but it goes something like this. If climate change is a shark, then solving the water crisis is perhaps the teeth. So the first bite and the one that connects all perhaps is water and solving the water crisis. And so I think and realizing the impact and the just the simple sheer um, power that, you know, um, water holds in all of these issues. We spoke about it helping. Water is the, at the helm of 
all of these and there are innovative ways there are creative ways in which we can reduce the consumption both you know in the creation in the supply chain and in consumption at our, our own personal levels itself it's it's just that we need to go ahead and you know capture those movements and when it comes to you know leadership or change today there was this very interesting thought or rather i would say conclusion that, that i had i had read somewhere which said what what is leadership in today's world today's ever changing world mean and i think leadership means to be able to navigate through the volatility of the world uh, that is today and to be able to manage uh, chaos which is you know what is what's happening out there and but that that really also brings in this sense of possibility and the sense of hope that while we are living in an ever changing world while change is the only constant there's such a incredible possibility for each and every one of us to come out there and be a change maker there is this incredible opportunity for people around the world to express their ideas for change and this brings me now to youth where we are a very unique generation that's growing up in a world that is incredibly uncertain ambiguous and, and it's different from what the generations before us grew up in and this has given us and put us in a very unique position allowing us to sort of grow up in a in a constantly changing world has compelled a lot of us to think of ways in which we can change the world around us youth want to make the world around them better they want to make communities around them better but often just simply don't know where to start and and i and i truly hope you know conversations like these or even looking at other young people around the world just like them who have been able to make a difference really compels each and every one of these young people to go out there and implement the ideas that matter to them the most because i truly believe every young person has something that they want to change around them and they have that idea to make that difference they simply perhaps just don't know where to start or how to start and you know interactions like these and so much of the work that is being done both at the national and the international level is 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 incredible to see and and really to see all of these stakeholders coming together trying to bring the voices of youth to the table and give us you know the the the, the perhaps the uh, perhaps a sense that that our voices do matter and and one such campaign that i'm actually currently a part of is it's it's called we the change it's a campaign by united nations in india where 17 of us are representing youth voices from across the country and are taking our grassroots levels ideas that we have been able to pioneer to policy makers and decision makers and working towards realizing that these simple ideas that have been pioneered locally have so much potential of you know helping transform change globally and i think that is something that's often unseen or that just goes without people having had the opportunity to ponder on it because because they just don't get the opportunity to um you know chance upon it and so uh, campaigns like these which are really taking ideas of youth while also inspiring other young people to become change makers is what we need more of the 
you know, coming to the the last bit that you mentioned, which was what is it that we as young people want? I think while now I do see young people getting, you know, getting the opportunity to raise their voice, getting the opportunity to share their ideas, I think there is still this gap in us being able to implement our ideas and see them come to life. And and I think that's what we want with institutions at all levels. We want to work with you to see that change come through. We want to work with systems. We want to work with ecosystems and people in the entire community in the entire system that we were trying to build or trying to change and and we want to see how we can bring value to each and every one of these entities and we want to see it through we want to be a part of that change and you know as a very simple example when i spoke about our collaboration uh, at wives with the national restaurants association of india it was so many stakeholders involved in the process and to bring to each and every one of these single individual entities what this this perhaps collaboration or this campaign and how and how it would benefit each and every one of them individually was one of course incredibly unique because there was a different advantage in place for all of them and of course the overarching goal of you know helping the environment saving water and protecting nature um and and so to be able to you know bring that um perspective and to discover it for various entities i think is is a process that is incredibly challenging but equally exciting and and that's what we want to be involved in we want to see the change through and through and we want to be a part of the impact that is that's being made in the world because i think we as young people have energy like no one else <laughs> i believe it i believe it <laughs> you mentioned one of the kind of gaps or challenges is youth being able to implement their ideas. So spaces for ideas are here, perhaps, but at the level of implementation, perhaps not as much. Do you see a role for, you know, multilateralism in being able as a space for young people to implement their ideas? Do you have hope in in multilateralism? I think in a lot of ways, yes, because multilateralism multilateralism is all about you know bringing various entities together and and bringing different perspectives to the table and that's when um our voices as youth uh, matter more than anyone else i think having sort of experienced that myself and realizing that there is appreciation for youth voices when recognized rightfully and that our ideas actually are incredibly unique while every entity perhaps brings in a very unique and different perspective our perspectives also matter and i think it's this very very exciting starting point that is allowing us to bring our voices to the table and you know for example even the united nations which in itself is is very much multilateral in its nature is doing you know this very phenomenal is bringing together this very phenomenal combination of people proponents and really bringing them together to build perspective today you know like i mentioned earlier we live in an extremely ever changing world where where problems are extremely complex where there's not just one entity that is being impacted in a system there's multiple there's each issue has incredible amount of layers to it and every layer 
is impacting someone else and youth are one of those people local communities are one of those people corporations are one of those people and to realize that any decision is made better when all of these people are together is the magic of multilateralism and it, it has given this very unique voice and capability to so many of these communities um, a very simple example would be the simple movement of banning plastic straws started as a civic movement was pioneered by various global organizations like the united nations and and sort of various other grassroots level climate change organizations movement completely pushed by not completely but in many ways largely pushed by individual action where people started refusing to take plastic straws which compelled governments to make policies to reduce plastic consumption and further compelled businesses to completely pivot their models and create sustainable straws to create paper straws to create recyclable straws and what an incredible change we've seen in just the simple consumption of plastics at the individual consumer level and this was a movement completely driven by a multitude of entities and that it's such a phenomenal example of multilateralism having had a fair amount of success and while there's so much more to that movement itself it only gives us hope that this this is this is the way to go and this is the way to change because everyone's ideas everyone's accountability and everyone's voice matters in the process of us actually achieving collective change amazing great example so i think that kind of ends our conversation quite perfectly thank you for sharing <laughs> but for those who are listening i would like to know more about why waste about the story that you mentioned the children's story access to the application where can they go to find out more just you know to quickly access all of these uh, you can go ahead and visit our website Uh, www.ywaste.io and you'll be able to find all of the various solutions that we've been building and, and taking to people across the world you can also you know download our various modules to help save water in restaurants and to even create a version of uh, y waste in your city in your community we've completely open sourced all of our resources because we truly want everyone to be a part of change and to realize that you know they too can make a difference and of course you're free to write to us if you have if you need any support in you know creating change Go out there today and take that first step to make a difference because in a world of this world of constant change is now in the constant need of change makers and that's each and every one of you. So raise your voice because it matters. Build action because it counts and bring everyone together with you because that's how change happens. Change starts alone, but change happens together. Thank you, Gavita. So I guess that's just the beginning for hopefully some of our listeners. I hope you are inspired and also benefited from this conversation with Gavita. Gavita, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your story. I wish you all the best as Why Waste continues to grow and also through your new work with the United Nations. Thank you so much, Natalie, for having me on this really inspiring podcast. I'm so grateful to have been able to share uh, my journey and my experiences, and I only hope to see a world where everyone is a change maker. So there you go. We hope you enjoyed the conversation with Gavita Gulhati.
You'll find all the links to resources mentioned in the conversation in the show notes for this episode. If you liked this conversation, we'd love if you could take a moment to subscribe, rate and review us over on Apple or Spotify and don't hesitate to share your ideas for future episodes with us. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, take care.